This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Today's show is presented by DaVinci Smart Drink. Order yours now at lineupmedia.fm forward slash DaVinci. DaVinci, excite better thinking. Need a mental boost? DaVinci Smart Drinks were designed with professional thinkers in mind. With key ingredients shown to improve cognitive function and increase mental energy, DaVinci Smart Drinks excite better thinking. Drink a DaVinci. Let it go to your head. Youth Baseball Talk, only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer, endorsed by Hall of Famer John Smoltz. And as John Smoltz says, everybody should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. So make sure you check them out, theropetrainer.com. You won't regret it. It's a great way to save those bullets for young arms and train them. Make sure they stay safe and give them the best opportunity to strengthen those arms and throw into an older age where they're very much fully developed. Really appreciate the guys over at The Rope Trainer as uh, they've come on and supported the show and going to be a big part of it and I'm having more and more people contact me and tell me that they're getting their rope trainers and they love them and they're using them and following the rope trainer and learning how to we're going to hear from uh, one of those groups I'd like to welcome in Dirtbag Nation as the new uh, rope rope training to their uh, repertoire of training and tips uh, I'm really anxious to hear what they have to say as uh, they seem to do it the right way they're from the north always interested in getting a new group in here and, and seeing how they do it We've had many groups from both south, east, west. It'd be nice to hear from somebody up north that deals with some of the conditions like our friend uh, up in Minnesota that we've had on the show before. So always interested to hear what everybody's got to say. I uh, want to talk this week on the show as I'm disturbed. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that I'm probably going to have a couple people that are unhappy with what I say because it's going to go right to you. Uh, I am going to preface this by saying that I fully expect to get back uh, some emails of people saying, okay, you're generalizing, let us tell you what we're doing, and that's fine, because ultimately at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is have conversations with people and try to figure out what's really going on. I've never said anything other than that on this show. So I want to say that something that's extremely puzzling to me right now, and I, it needs to be talked about in an open forum, and that is obviously everybody knows that uh, social media is a big part of anything you do anymore. And obviously it's a big part of our show. It's a way to reach people. It's a way to communicate with people. It's my favorite way to communicate um, as far as, and I, it's not communication, it's learning. How about learning? Let's use that word. Uh, it's a way for me to see what's going on out in the baseball community because I can't be everywhere at once, obviously. Um, and I really do enjoy getting snippets and bits of information from all the great instructors. I love to get stuff from all the people that study it and all the people that are learning and all the people that are doing this. I mean, that's how we all get smarter and, and better at it, right? But what I really love, too, is all the people that I've met through the show and that have followed the show and found the show and see kind of what they do and how they approach baseball and the things that are going on. And obviously it's so big you don't catch them all, right? So, you know, you get on Twitter for a while. You might spend 20 minutes on it here and there and doing this and doing that. Well, as I'm on there and I'm watching and I'm seeing things, there are things on there that disturb me from time to time. Some of those things may be things that are a little off the charts with, like, 
kids throwing too much or, or doing things. But you know what? There's always two parts to a story. And sometimes on social media we see some coach that flipped out or an umpire that's that had a bad day and somebody wants to exploit it and or a, a coach going off on an umpire or, you know, God forbid, kids doing silly things that they shouldn't be doing, which we know where that starts. So either way, no matter how you view it, social media is a way for us to learn a whole lot about what's going on, both good and bad, in whatever it is that interests us. Some of the things that I see that I think are great and, and that help me get educated are why I do it. And I think that that's the only reason that I want to be on social media. But then I also realize that if I'm not paying attention to some of the things that I may either disagree with or wholeheartedly disagree with or passionately or semi-disagree with or whatever, how are we ever going to discuss these topics? Well, here's where, we're, here's where I am today. I cannot tell you how many times probably in the last two weeks I have seen text or not text, tweets, uh, Facebook posts, um, requests. People looking for players now to play tomorrow. Now, I'm not naive enough not to know that, um, you know, out and, and we had the people from Wilson MVP on. I know it's a different situation. California, Florida, down south, it's warmer. They do play longer. But it is December. So my question to you is, the greatest players in the world give their arms a break. When are we going to give these kids a break? And I'm not even just going to talk about the pitchers, okay? The fact that I may believe that no good can come from a kid throwing a baseball in December may not jive with what you personally believe. My guess is going to be it comes from, you know, something you read or or uh, um, it might come from uh, uh, somebody you know that did it and made it to the majors or whatever. But the reality of it is, is that we know on the whole, for the average person, and I'm talking a very high percentage, playing baseball year-round leads to a lot of problems. Now, is it an exact science and a perfect fit for everybody? No. But, man, it is awful widespread right now that I am seeing a ton of people playing baseball November and December. So it would lead me to believe they're probably doing it in January. Now, if you call me and say, hey, you know, out here it's 90 degrees, we're going to play some ball and – we're going to take January and February off, and that's what we believe, two months. Okay. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll buy it. But I know that's not going on everywhere. And if some people were to be honest with themselves and look in the mirror, they'd say, well, you know, we play year-round. We think that's what you have to do. you got to play year-round. you got to do this. you got to do that. And I just don't still understand it. Everything we know from the best players in the world, from the most finely tuned athletes in the world, from the most conditioned athletes in the world, is they got to give their bodies a break. Um, you know, people that dedicate themselves to a sport, you know, people that dedicate themselves to always doing this and always doing that, man, they have issues, I mean, right? They break down. They need rest. The body tells you you need rest. But yet we push these kids and we do this because I ultimately think it's because we feel like if we don't do it, we're falling behind. we got to be doing something, right? Now, listen, I understand 100% that there is a quote-unquote offseason for every sport and for every sport, there is a, a different version of the offseason. Uh, obviously, in my little world, I view the offseason in baseball as a time to both rest, get better, train, allow your body to both heal and, and, and get better. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that can be accomplished in that quote-unquote offseason. 
But man, I just don't see how a kid at any age can survive throwing a baseball year round with with all that effort, with all that energy, with all that repetitiveness without any rest. I just don't see how how it works. I'm really not 100% sure what the what the end game is. Like, you know, sometimes when you make decisions, you got to look at risk versus reward, right? Now, again, I've said this a thousand times over. I I guarantee you there's people out there that have turned this off and this guy's a crazy he's he wants to treat these kids like babies. He must be an everybody gets a trophy guy, which is completely not true. It's 100% the opposite actually. Um, but I just, again, want some conversation. I want some feedback from you, the listener on why or what you have. And believe me, if you've got something you want to share with me that says we should be doing this, I would love to see it there. Listen, I can tell you this right now. You got to know your kids. Okay. I know for a fact that both my kids would love to do nothing but throw a baseball year round. You know, they've they've had to been they've had to been taught to, you know, hey, you gotta rest a little bit, you gotta give it a break. Okay. You know, not saying don't do anything, but right now might be a good time to, to work on getting faster or get stronger or, you know, give that arm a break, uh, you know, take a mental break from swinging a baseball bat, whatever it may be. Okay, both my kids have been con- have had to be conditioned to take a little bit of a break. So believe me, if I went to them tomorrow and said, Hey, They've done all these amazing studies, and they've done all these things, and we were wrong. You need to be doing this every day, and it is proven. So I've got facts. I've got proven facts that this is what you're supposed to be doing, and if you do it, you'll be healthier, and you'll be better. And you, they would love nothing more for me to come and tell them to do that. Now, I would say that everything that's led up to this would tell us that it's going the other way, and it's telling us that we need a break, right? I mean, we have more problems than we've ever had. And we can't seem to figure out why. And the only constant is, is that people are doing more instead of doing less. Um, it's that old adage that sometimes less is more. So, you know, for people that would say, well, you know, you're not going to get any better doing nothing. Well, no, nobody said do nothing. What we said was do it smart, maybe do it right. You know, you got to get lucky a little bit. You got to have some talent, right? But, but at the end of the day, the one thing that all people should want to get from this is a lot of things other than just, you know, whether or not you're going to be the best of the best. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's the, it's all the life lessons that we talk about on here all the time. Okay. I mean, you know, it's the athleticism part of it. It's the camaraderie part of it. It's the growing part of it. It's the learning through failure part of it. It's the desire, the want to, the, 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 the end game. Where, where are you going with this? What do you hope to achieve? You know, do you have goals for yourself? Do you have the ability to work independently? Do you have, can you work with a team? Can you take stuff from a coach? All those things that get glossed over, you know, and no disrespect, that get glossed over because, you know, all we do is hitting lessons and pitching lessons. You know, all the stuff that really at the end of the day shapes who we are. I mean, we're concerned about shaping the baseball player. What about shaping the person, right? That's all part of it. Okay. So, Again, I come back to what do we hope to accomplish by, in my opinion, overplaying at such a young age. And again, I tell you, I, <laughs> I am no different than you or anybody else. If I went home today, I've done it. I mean, I have done it. I did it last year. Okay. If I go home and say, hey, you know, you want to go, friend of ours is in Florida and they need a player. You want to go play? They'll go right now. Okay. And hey, I'm not, you know, I get it. Done it. Tried it. Checked it out. Didn't think it was, didn't think it was worth it, for me personally. Just 
just didn't see what the advantage versus the disadvantage was. Did it. Went down in January, January 1st, played a cup, you know, looked at it like, eh, you know, it's just a little bit. It's nothing. It's not serious. It's nothing this. And went down there and helped, you know, and I like all the stuff, but, you know, at the end of the day, what you couldn't get away from is, is by the time it was over, what we had was a hundred and something kids all with sore arms. So I don't know. I don't, I, I can't, I, I, I can't tell you what's the for sure thing to do. But I can tell you that we need to have a conversation about this because the only constant is we're doing more and we have more problems. And, you know, uh, because somebody doesn't do more and they have problems too, people p- dismiss it. Or uh, that, that one kid that can physically handle it does all this and he's fine, so everybody's going to be fine. Well, we know that's not realistic or true. Now, the common sense thing for me would be this, and it's very simple, and that is, you just listen to your body, right? Now, it's hard for a kid to listen to his body because he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know any better, right? He doesn't, you know, we always say, I, my favorite is, well, does it hurt or does it really hurt? Or is it an ache or is it a pain? I mean, like, especially, and this is my favorite, and this is where I get crazy. When a, when a kid says his arm hurts, and the very first thing that comes, now I'm talking about a kid, Okay. The very first thing that comes out of coach's mouth, and sometimes even mom and dad's mouth, well, does it hurt or does it ache? Do you remember when you were 10? I do. And I would have looked at somebody, if I fell down and scraped my knee, and my dad or a coach or somebody would have said, does it hurt or does it ache? I would have looked at him, and I would have liked to have said, what's the difference? I mean, okay. So the question becomes, we become doctors immediately whenever somebody's arm hurts from baseball well where does it hurt and we start grabbing the arm and we start twisting it we start doing this and that and the reality of it is you know how many of you out there are real pts or doctors or really know what you're doing but we start asking questions about hurt or ache and i go back to i don't need to be a rocket scientist to know when a kid is tired when a kid is laboring when a kid obviously has an issue when you're a coach you see these kids every day i mean you know what you see these guys sometimes in, in the major leagues, and I use that because that's what we see, but the reality of it is it happens as the kids get older. It happens because they get more mature, right? A guy throws a pitch, and all of a sudden you see the catcher stand up and walk out, and he looks in the dugout, and you're like, what? What happened? Okay, these people that are around these people every day know when they see something that's not right. Immediately they know it. So I challenge you as coaches to know I mean, you have to know. I know my kids that I coached all these years. I, to a man, you can ask my assistant coaches. The, the, the best pitcher we had all these years, there was two or three times where I, I, he didn't throw an inning, and I looked over and I said, something's not right. And I went out, and sure enough, he didn't feel right. His arm just didn't feel right that day. So we took him out. I didn't ask him if his arm ached or hurt. I didn't ask him to. I may have asked him to show me where it hurt just so I could, you know, talk to him about it. Not in an effort to say, well, that's okay. As long as it's not here, that's always my favorite. Well, it's the bicep, not the tricep. You'll be okay there or whatever. I don't even know what the right answer there is. But it was never in that tone, I can assure you that, in an effort to say, let's keep it going here. We can get this. Let's go. Get two. Pat him on the butt and, and get through this one for me. Or a kid that's always uh, – you have a kid that throws the ball well, keeps the ball down, and all of a sudden he can't throw a strike and he can't keep the ball down. Well, what's that tell you? Okay, kid's tired. Well, he just started pitching the game. Yeah, but, you know, when did you pitch him last? 
you know? Did he play it? Did he get a lot of ground balls at short? Because we all do that too, right? When they're young, they play multiple positions. Sometimes they catch and pitch, right? Okay, a lot goes into this. It's not just I'm coach. I show up. I make up a lineup. Go get them. You know, you got to take this seriously, folks. If you decide to do this, you got to look at it. You got to ask questions. You got to ask the question, am I doing this for the right reasons? Why are we doing this? Where are we going? And I got to tell you, when I see tweets and Facebook posts, uh, it's going to be nice tomorrow. We're going to get a practice game. I need one more player for an 11U game. Looking for umpires for an 11U game tomorrow. Going to be 60 degrees. That's always my favorite. We live in the Midwest. We get a we get a, a, a warm, sunny Saturday or Sunday. Teams haven't played games in weeks, and all of a sudden they're going to play a game. Hey, let's, it's going to be beautiful tomorrow. I need umpires. I need players. We're short a couple play- – we got kids playing basketball because it's basketball season, but we want to play a baseball game. We need, we need a couple kids. Anybody want to play? And they come out, and they go out there, and they play, and they haven't thrown a ball. They haven't done anything, and all because it's nice. We're going to go out. Again, great. Love it. You know, and you're sitting there right now going, well, what do you want them to do, sit at home on their computer? No, I, I want them to do whatever you want them to do. I, but is throwing a baseball with any type of effort when they haven't been doing it a great idea? I, I, mean, I ask you. I'm asking you. I'm asking the listener right now. I want to hear from you. I want you to tell me I'm crazy. Or I want you to say, you know what? Here's my, here, here's my history with this. Uh, Jim, you know what? It's not that I disagree with you, but we've done it never had any problems. We've done it for years, no problems. You know, one of the funnest episodes I ever did on this show was with Rod Marino's group and Rudy Garcia and them out of Wilson MVP Elite out of Southern California. You can't go to a ranking of anything and not see them. Okay, they're one of the top programs. uh, But the reality of it was, and we talked about it before we did the show, I don't do things like they do it. What I was interested in talking to them about was the fact that it was a different and when I say culture, I'm not even I'm not talking about race or anything. I'm talking about the way they view the game of baseball. It was just completely different in Southern California. It, I mean, you know, I want to say that they did tell me that like they take off around Christmas, January time and that you know, so for some of these groups, maybe that is what you're doing and you look at it and two months is enough. And that and hey, again, I'm I'm not here to say you know, I'm not a doctor for sure. I mean, I, I'm a guy that's passionate about it, and I do a lot of reading, a lot of checking, and checking the people that I'm reading to make sure they're not crazy completely anyway. But, you know, I wanted to do that because it I knew it was different. And it, instead of me just sitting here going, you guys are crazy, you know, why are kids doing this or why are they doing that, instead of just saying it, I thought, well, I, I'd, I'd love for them to tell me all about it. I mean, what is the difference? And you know, there were some things, what I thought was interesting, and this is where I'm going with this. If I had never had that conversation with those guys, I would have walked away from just the initial time I talked to them of thinking, well, you know, that's just how they do it. You know, they just, you know, they throw kids and um, they play almost year round and that's the culture and it's, you know, the weather allows for it down there and that's how people view it. And, and, you know, unlike here, it's down there, it's a win mentality first and, the, you know, the strong survive and blah, blah, blah. And I would have just thought that. Now, what I did find interesting, and this is what I'm talking about as far as how you don't get anywhere without having conversations. Now, while I still will never think it's a good idea for a kid to play baseball year-round at a young age, 
I'm not, I mean, they don't, I don't know that any much good comes of it at an older age, although I do know they, they push it more when they're trying to, to make it. But I will tell you this, the one thing that I did find interesting was is that they were committed to, even though they throw longer, they throw less. And what I mean by that is, is that everybody pitches on his team just about. And when they do throw, they throw so many pitches on a weekend and that's it. So they might have thought what I did was crazy when I told them that, you know, my starter, my starters threw every five days, and when they threw, they threw, you know, to a pitch count, which was probably a little bit more than most, but mine was that way because they only pitched every five days. It was a true scenario, right? I did the whole five or seven times their age. Five if they're long innings, seven pitches times their age if they're free and easy, slow, you know, small innings, okay? So... He might have thought that was wrong. He might have thought, oh, Jim, I mean, they, they don't need to throw any more than 50 pitches. You know, and that's how he approached it, if I remember correctly. You know, he had a bunch of kids, and they went out, and each, one, each of them threw maybe like 50 pitches, and then he was done, and then he throws again next weekend. You know, and, and hey, that's another, that's another way to go about it. Completely different, but yet obviously some sort of effort to take it easy on the kid. Now, what I also thought was interesting was is that he was pretty open and honest and said, you got to remember, a lot of these pitchers are also our best athletes, so they're playing other positions. So guess what? Maybe the way he's looking at it is the way to do it. Maybe it's to, 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 to pitch you know, longer throughout the year. You know, Darren Hendrickson comes on here and says 100 innings, right? Kids should throw no more than 100 innings in a calendar year. Well, maybe they just look at it like, well, we're going to spread that out, but they're going to throw less when they do throw. You know, once a week, they're going to throw three innings and, you know, hey, but again, I'm here to say maybe that's a great idea. But I'm willing to bet on the whole that most, I mean, I'm seeing it so much that I would love to hear from people that are doing it and saying, hey, Jim, I'm one of those guys. I do do that. My kid loves to play year round. And guess what? Here's what we do. Here's what we do. You know, or you know what, Jim, you're crazy. You know, my older son played year-round, and he's playing for Arizona State, and he throws 95 and has never had an arm problem in his life. And, you know, you're nuts. Okay. I'd love to hear it. You know? I, I don't know. I, I, I find those stories far and few between. So, therefore, I just want to have the conversation with people and know what is your end game? Why are we doing it? Um, what's the hope? What's the issue? Where are we going? I mean, I, there's always got to be something, right? Now you say, there is no end game. We're just playing, having fun. Okay. All right. You know, again, I, I would, I, that'd be great. I don't, I don't get that too much when I have the conversation with somebody, but if that's it, great. You know, I, I, I one of my best friends, his opinion is, you know what, I'm going to let him, he's playing, he's playing as much as he wants to play. And someday when he doesn't play anymore, it'll be okay. Okay. That, that, you know, this is what he wants to do. He's going to play a lot. And if he gets burnt out or he decides he doesn't want to play anymore or he's one of the unlucky ones and his arm hurts or whatever, then he'll just be done. But until that time he loves to play, I'm going to let him play. Okay. All right. I think at the end of the day, the one that bothers me is the one that's like we're pushing because we got to and we're and, and this is how you do it. That's the one that probably bothers me the most. So – you know, that's the one that always when I get it, like, hey, you got to push these kids. You know, if they, if they you know, if you're going to be great at something, you got to be pushed and you got to want it. You got to. Yeah. OK. So those are the ones that always that I'm always like, OK, well, that sounds to me a little forced. 
you know. And again, I, I listen. Believe me, I know them. My kids are, they're kind of almost full blown on that, but not. But I do know some that I guarantee you, you don't have to push them one inch. They want it every day. They'd play baseball every day. So I believe me, it's not that. And sometimes that's not even a parent thing. It's a kid thing. Kids get driven. There's nothing wrong with that. Kids get driven. They get driven for different things, right? I mean, some kids, hey, it, for this you know, show, we're talking about baseball, but it could apply to any sport. It can apply to academics. It can apply to extracurricular activities. It doesn't matter what it is. Some kids are just driven to the point where they can't get enough of what they're doing. Okay? I mean, if we looked at this from an academic standpoint, let, let, let's change direction on that and say, okay, you know, we're always talking about sports, sports, sports. What about academics? Well, Obviously, you would be hard-pressed to tell a kid you're studying too much, right? But the reality of it is they need a break, too. I mean, can you literally, I mean, you know, can you, can you actually study morning, noon, and night as a kid and not be a kid? I guess you could. <laughs> but does that sound right to you? I mean, does doing anything morning, noon, and night as a kid, one thing, sound right to you? I ask you that. It doesn't sound right to me. It just sounds wrong. And sometimes if something just sounds wrong, it might be wrong. So anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing more of these where it's just talking. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to find, you know, the right. I'm, I'm connecting with guys to get some more people on to tell you about some of the great stuff that's going on out there, some of the great stuff in the world, some of the great training things, doing all that. But Sometimes um, I like these conversations because I think at the end of the day, too, I owe it to everybody to get smarter, a little bit smarter anyway, and be able to talk in an educated fashion about what people are doing and why they're doing it. And in this instance, I don't have a good answer as to why people would want to do that. So I'd like to know. You know, I'd like to be able to say, well, you know, here's what people tell me when they when they email me. And then when I do have a conversations with some of the greats like a Justin Stone or a Rick Strickland or a Matt Lyle or a Tewksbury or, or any of these, a Jose Silva, a Troy, or I mean, a Troy Silva or a Jose Rio, I mean, I'd love to have conversations with these guys and say, hey, um, you know, what's your thoughts on this? Because, you know, I believe me, those guys have big programs and a great program, some of them nationally known, right? would love to get their thoughts and say, hey, this is what people are saying. What do you see? And again, we're talking about programs that I guarantee you kids walk in their door year-round. But what are they doing year-round? I don't know. It'd be great. It'd be a great conversation. So why don't you guys uh, send me some info on it? I'd love to hear from you. I, my hope is, is that I'm reaching somebody that's doing it and will say, Jim, okay, you know, like your show, hate your show, whatever. Completely disagree with you, and let me tell you why. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. So, um, you know, uh, Look forward to it. So make sure you send me those emails. Info at youthbaseballtalk.com is our email address. I'd love to hear from you guys. Love to know uh, what's going on. Hope, uh, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Hope everybody's getting ready for the holidays. Uh, if you haven't bought anything yet, go to Amazon, okay, through our website, youthbaseballtalk.com. All you got to do is click the Amazon thing. You can do your Christmas shopping. We get a little bit of a, a referral for that. Helps us keep the show on the air. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the show, you can do that at youthbaseballtalk.com. Of course, you, you'll see the providers on the right, depending on what kind of phone you have. All you got to do is click it. It'll take you right there. It is free. And then whenever we do a show, you'll just get a notification. Hey, you can download it or stream it live. Uh, we do a ton through Twitter, just like I mentioned at the beginning, at Podcast Baseball. 
Of course, Facebook.com slash Youth Baseball Talk. Love Facebook because you're not limited on the characters. Um, you know, and again, info at youthbaseballtalk.com. I love the emails. I get them every week. I try to answer back. I've met some great people. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. But again, I, I do I do appreciate it. Lineupmedia.fm is great to us. We have phenomenal studios, a, a quality backing from the fastest growing podcast network on the planet. Make sure you check them out, lineupmedia.fm. I assure you, uh, depending on whatever your entertainment this, uh, seek is, you're going to find it there. they got some great shows. Uh, my friend Pete Caliendo has baseball outside the box. He he adds in a lot of a, of, a, of a traveling flavor of the world of baseball. He's been all over the world with kids playing baseball. Uh, you know, the USA program is just phenomenal stuff. He's a great guy, and he's really passionate, and he's dedicated his whole life to the game. He's got great resources. Make sure you check out baseball outside the box as well. Uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how nice it is to have resources like that. And uh, speaking of resources, I'm going to bring you uh, my my weekly guests that come on each week and do their segments and provide you guys with everything from tips, instruction, and, of course, good lighthearted fun from our good friend, Domingo Ayala. Uh, this is Jim Cromer, and it's Youth Baseball Talk brought to you by The Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everybody should have one from big leaguers or little leaguers. Check them out at theropetrainer.com. Going to take a short break. We'll see you on the other side. Attention, coaches, parents, and student athletes. Here at Youth Baseball Talk, one of the most common emails we receive from mom and dad are about the college recruitment and selection process. Far too often, these emails do not have happy endings. Let me tell you about our friend Mark Lineweaver in Perfect Placement. Perfect Placement identifies and helps you with important decision-making factors which are way too often overlooked in the college recruitment process, such as, is it the right student body size for you? Is it a comfortable proximity from your home? Do they offer your desired field of study? How about extracurricular activities that interest you? And of course, the proper level of competition for your skill set. Once they've identified these factors, they will contact those colleges and speak directly to the coaching staff in an effort to help you. To learn more about Perfect Placement, simply check out their website, perfectplacement.com. That's placement with a Y. To contact them, you can email them at info at perfectplacement.com. Remember, that's placement with a Y. Call 310-921-8669 for more information. That's 310-921-8669. Perfect Placement, specializing in assisting your student-athlete. All right, thank you, Mark. Appreciate you, and hope things are going well over there. Uh, let's go to our man, Domingo Ayala. Let's hear about his theory of baseball. And, of course, Domingo is brought to you each and every week from the Pitch Hitter. Make sure to check out thepitchhitter.com. Again, I say it all the time, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen for young kids that just want to throw strikes. And as Domingo says, get the Pitch Hitter. Don't be semi-pro, be big time. Domingo, take it away. Hi, Jim. How you doing? It's good to be back. And thank you to the pitch hitter for making this happen. It's been a few weeks since the World Series, so today I want to talk about the offseason. The offseason is a chance to take some time off and start to prepare for the next season. A lot of players don't touch a baseball for a week or month after the season ends. They might just start by going to the gym or something like that. But sometimes, people don't have an offseason. After spring baseball, they go to summer baseball, then the fall baseball, then to the winter baseball, and you just keep going around. And I'm talking about the young players. Then by the time they're 15, they don't even want to play no more. They want to take a break, except the break they want to take is a permanent break. Sometimes, you just need to take some time off, Jim. Today you see a lot of coaches telling the player they need to play all the time. Now instead of baseball being a fun game, it becomes a job. I think it's a good idea to let the player enjoy the game 
and have fun when they're young. Then later on, if they want to play all the time, let them play all the time. You know, I don't stop playing all the time till I'm a professional. I think I was eight, but that's just me. All I'm saying is give the kid a break once in a while. Sometime you need it. Thanks again, Jim, for having me on. And make sure to check out the pitch hitter. It'll help you make it to the big time. Thank you, Domingo. Really appreciate your theory of baseball. And special thanks again to the pitch hitter. Make sure you check it out, thepitchhitter.com. Don't be semi-pro. Be big time. Again, God, I wish I had one of those when my kid was little. Make sure you check it out. Private setting, team setting, in your basement, garage. It will definitely help your little guy. I guarantee it. All right, let's go over to uh, Justin Stone with his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. Justin, take it away. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here from EliteBaseball.tv coming to you with the tip of the week. And this week's tip is about reaching our students most effectively with their learning style. I had a group of Division I and pro hitters. I told you last week on uh, the podcast how excited I was to see these players come back year after year and watch them grow, watch them mature. But within that, there's also a level of comfort. With me as the instructor, I've had these kids for, for 10 years and now watching them grow into young adults. A lot of the players that you have as coaches too, you have reoccurring on your teams from year to year or maybe in a lesson situation if you're a private instructor. You get a personal relationship with your players. You know what makes them tick. You know their struggles, their pitfalls, and also what makes them succeed. Within that, every player has a unique learning style. And it's up to us as the coach to find the way most effectively we can reach our students. And that was made clear to me as I was teaching a group of you know, 21, 22, 23-year-old guys and girls. And a lot of them were working on similar things. And just to give you a background, we are working on getting correct hip and shoulder separation. We are correctly synchronizing the body to get good barrel depth within our connection through the swing. And rather than talking about body parts with each individual, sometimes I always have to talk about results. Because when we get correct barrel depth, once we get to, to connection, it also will affect our attack angle to the ball. So we were talking about launch angle and trying to hit the ball in the air and that being our goal. With some players, I could talk about pieces of the body matching up. Think about cues that had to do with their hands or their lower body. And they could apply that right away. Some of those players could take auditory cues of I was just speaking to them, process it within their mind and create a feel with their body. Some players needed the video to take a look at the things that I was pointing out and then I could reinforce that with a very simple cue. But other players have a more difficult time with proprioception, knowing what their body parts are doing in space and having a feel for that. Yeah, an advanced level player at the Division I level or pro ball is going to have some decent level of proprioception no matter what, but it still may not be their best learning style to be talking about body parts and feeling them. So I began with some of them talking about the result factor. We were trying to get them to hit a ball in the air, and by doing so, we were getting a correct launch angle in many cases without them thinking about what should my body be doing right now? More or less just trying to get the ball over the center fielder's head with the correct launch angle, and in turn, we were starting to get lateral tilt, we were getting connected sooner, staying connected through the swing with a proper launch angle at that point. 
So it's not always say, hey, your arms need to be here, your legs need to do this to get the desired result. Sometimes you can coach to the result and get some sort of change with the body. You have to figure out which one is most effective for your students, and it doesn't always work that way, but that is one way that when you're in the cage doing trial and error, it's something you need to look for. Find out the way your players respond best. Auditory cues for some, video for most. But knowing that we're dealing with players that have grown up in the video age, this is a very, very easy tool for them to get and understand. But sometimes we need to co coach the result, and sometimes we need to coach the process. And at some point, you've got to merge the two to be most effective as a coach. But figure out the way that's going to get players to respond quickly to what we're trying to get them to do in the cage and eventually on the field. This is Justin Stone from EliteBaseball.tv, and until next week, we'll see you on the field. Thanks, Justin. Greatly appreciate it, as always. And make sure you check out EliteBaseball.tv. It is something that I guarantee you will not be sorry you did. Uh, all the tips, all the interactive stuff you can do. Uh, just your opportunity to get a guy like Justin almost up close and personal no matter where you are in the whole world. It's great stuff, EliteBaseball.tv. Uh, let's head over to Rick now. Doing something a little different with Rick. Um, I uh, was chatting with him, and he wanted to change up the segment a little bit. And I get a lot of questions, uh, people asking me, and I'm like, okay, you got to – I'm not, you know, I can help you to a certain extent, but you got to talk to these these quote-unquote experts, right? So I said, you know what, let's do a little Ask Rick. So I sent some stuff out, and I get this stuff all the time. And something I get a lot for these guys, especially like a Rick Strickland or, or, a, or a Justin Stone or whoever, these guys that do upper-level instruction, people see their own kids, and they ask all the time, well, you know, what should I be looking for? What's the number one thing? that you wind up having to do to a kid that's never done this before. So I asked Rick. So here's Rick's answer. Rick, with his blast motion, ask Rick. Take it away. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me get back on the show again this week and uh, change up the format a little bit. You'll be uh, providing me with some questions that some of the viewers have asked and uh, some, some things that people want to have answered. So um, this week's question was really one of the first things that we had to address uh, with a young hitter to get them to uh, swing the bat more efficiently. And one of the biggest things we have to do is we have to give them what we consider to be the big picture of what you're trying to do with the baseball bat. And one of the things we, we have to come across is we have to teach that young hitter that the baseball swing is a lead, dom lead side dominant swing. That means that if you are left uh, hit on the your right-hand hitter, it would be your left side. So it would be your left side of your body. Uh, now, we're not telling a guy to pull his arms or anything like, like that, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to give uh, the young hitter the idea that we want the bat to be able to be pulled up through the zone by the, the bigger muscles, the more dominant muscles in the body. Think about this. Think about a trailer being attached to the back of a truck. Uh, and you're trying to drive up the highway backwards with this truck uh, and this trailer attached to it. You know, you, you imagine how difficult that would be because the trailer is not attached to the center axis of the, of the uh, truck. You know, you, you, very, you have very little control over that thing. You won't be able to go as fast uh, because the trailer will be all over the road. Now, imagine you see every day on the highway you see lots of trailers being pulled by trucks. So, Think in terms as a trailer would be your bat and the body 
would be is the the XA truck. So when we swing a bat, we have to get the un, the the young player to understand that they need to be pulling the bat with their bigger muscles, not necessarily their arms, but allowing their arms to kind of fall down into let the barrel of the bat, the weight of the bat fall down into the zone and act like it's a trailer and being able to pull. That's more of a angle of what we talk about where the bat's coming out, flowing up through the zone. It's kind of a natural process for the body to do it that way. That's what makes teaching the swing so difficult is because people want to use their dominant side in it mainly, which would be if I'm a right-handed hitter, that's the reason why they call me a right-handed hitter, I am using my my right hand to come over the top and force this bat down the down towards the ball. We want to push the bat down to the ground instead of using our bigger muscles to pull. So the biggest thing here is to teach the kid how to allow their bodies to, to move freely, to do what it, it's designed to do and not try to force actions by using the dominant hand to push the bat down to the ground, but instead letting our body act like it's a, uh, it's a truck that's pulling the trailer and to be able to, to pull the, the bat through the zone. So when we're working on a swing. I'm not necessarily talking about hitting. We're talking about swinging the bat. That's phase number one. Usually in teaching and thought process, we end up teaching the hitting aspect uh, before, which is fine when you're dealing with younger kids because younger kids tend to do all the things I just described to you. And when I say younger, I'm talking about six and seven years old. But at that point in time, they haven't had that natural ability to swing the bat coached out of them. So the biggest thing is to get them back into their natural state where they allow the body to pull the bat. And that's a difficult thing because most kids, that, that especially when they're pre-high school or at high school, have been taught to use their dominant side to swing the bat. So, Jim, that's my, my answer to question number one of the week. Uh, feel free to keep shooting me questions this way, and I'll be happy to answer them as best I can. I can reach that rickstricklandbaseball.com or sandlotelite.com. Uh, if you have any specific questions, feel free to jump out on the site or even on Twitter at uh, swingrehab.com. Uh, you can you can type in your questions and, and go from there. But, again, Jim, as always, I'm um, extremely happy that you allow me to be on the show and look forward to talking to you guys next week. Good stuff as always from Rick, and uh, I'm, enjoy, I'm going to enjoy that segment. As Like I said, I get a lot of great questions from you guys, so now you can direct those directly to the Ask Rick segment brought to you by Blast Motion. Uh, that's the sensor he uses and does with all this training. The information that he gets back from that is nothing short of amazing, uh, especially if you know what you're looking for, like Rick and, and these, these guys that are great at what they do. But that's an opportunity now for you guys to, to either email me, tweet it at me, uh, do whatever you want. Just make sure you tag us and everything you do. I'll get those questions over, you know, over to Rick. If we get overwhelmed with them, obviously we'll pick one. And uh, Believe it or not, uh, you guys a lot of times will ask almost the same question. So if we get a bunch that kind of go around the same thing, we could do that. But either way, it's an opportunity for you guys to ask the experts. So I appreciate Rick Strickland and definitely appreciate St. Louis Pirates baseball. All right, that'll do it for this week's show. Again, thanks to uh, thanks to thepitchhitter.com. Make sure you check it out. It's a it's a great tool, especially for the younger guys that are just learning how to how to pitch and want to throw more strikes, and they want mom and dad to sit down and not yell at them, so they just want to do well. Get them the pitch hitter. I guarantee you, thepitchhitter.com. Uh, again, can't uh, can't thank EliteBaseball.tv and Justin enough for for helping us, and of course, Blast Motion and the St. Louis Pirates uh, bringing you Rick Strickland each week. And, of course, couldn't do the show without my friends uh, Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, and John Smoltz with the Rope Trainer. 
As John says, everybody should have one from big leaguers or little leaguers. I suggest you check out the Rope Trainer today. Of course, I want to welcome in Dirtbag Nation. They did tweet at us that they're on the uh, Rope Trainer bandwagon. They're looking to uh, to incorporate it in their training regimen. They ordered theirs. They've got them. They're excited. Uh, I've invited them to come on the show, tell us a little bit about what they're doing with the Rope Trainer. So uh, I'm looking forward to that as I know that I can sit here and tell you all about it. And even John Smoltz can tell you all about it. But you guys got to go check it out for yourself, okay? So make sure you do that. Uh, for my producer, Brian, I am Jim Cromer. This is Youth Baseball Talk, and we will see you next week. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at podcastbaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.